Let's start and see where Jesus leads us today. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for this morning. Lord, I want to thank you for the people that are here. Lord, I want to praise you and thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, help us to understand what you're talking about this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I apologize to the visitors that I'm not behind the pulpit, but I got a bad back, bad knees, bad hips, and it's painful sometimes to stand up, so it doesn't keep me from preaching. It just is, a, is an issue. This morning, we're going to talk about a principle that a lot of Christian people have a hard time understanding. Okay? It's a principle that is the basis sometimes of we overlook. It's probably one of the most misunderstood principles there is. So kind of bear that in mind as, as we go. We're in Matthew chapter 9. And no, we're not going to finish the whole chapter. I'll just go ahead and tell you, okay? And chapter 9, verse 1. Start off with the word of... That's just... I'm collecting my thoughts. Okay. And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own country. Jesus is going back to do Judea, Jerusalem, the area he grew up in. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their face, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Now you have a man who's paralyzed. And he goes and his friends bring him to see Jesus and they've got faith. And Jesus does for him what needs to be done for him not what he wants to be done for him. See, Jesus answers our prayers all the time. The way he wants, the way the things that are best for us. He doesn't answer our prayers by what we see through our eyes. He answers their prayers by what he knows is needed through his eyes. The man came to him totally paralyzed. Don't you think this man is sitting there hoping and praying that he'll walk? Now, don't you think that he's excited that he gets to see him face to face with Jesus? And what does Jesus do? He gives the man what he needs, not what he wants. That's the principle. We as Christians sometimes come to God expecting kind of like a genie. He crosses his arms, blinks his eyes, and it happens the way we think it ought to. <coughs> God will always give us what we need according to His will and not what we think we need. That's the principle. I don't care what situation you find yourself in. I don't care where you find yourself. If God doesn't give you what you think you need, yes, He does. He will give you what you need in His eyes, not what you're wishing for or hoping for. But what you need. Let me give you an example. Wednesday I had a severe pain behind my left shoulder. Being my size and shape, I went, well, this could be a heart attack. It could be blood clots. And bo bo I mean, when the pain hit me, it was almost a 10. So I called 911, and the ambulance comes by and picks me up. I was there 
experiencing that for again the paramedic that was in the ambulance. Par the paramedic's name was Eric. Eric had seen me at camp when he was a young boy. Okay? I don't remember him. <laughs> when you speak at camp, you're speaking in front of 600 kids. You ain't got the foggiest idea who all of them are. And we had a talk from here to the hospital. And he admitted that he wasn't going to church. He admitted that he wasn't praying. He admitted he wasn't reading his Bible. And he admitted that he needed to do those things. And he was glad that I was there just to remind him. I didn't hardly say anything to him. Just me being there, him recognizing me, helped him talk through all those things as he went to the hospital. Okay? Great. I needed to be there whether I wanted to be or not. God, see, God has a tendency. We always, when God doesn't answer our prayer the way we think he ought to, sometimes we get mad, we get upset, we go, wow, he didn't answer, he doesn't answer it that way. But he gives us what we need. We can be in the middle of a crisis. We can be in the middle of a situation that we that is coming down around our ears. And we're crying desperately, get me out of here. I, I don't want to be here. I, I, and But guess what? He will give us what he wants us, what he knows that we need. Not what necessarily we think we need. There, there's a difference. There is a difference. Take, for example, I'll give you several examples in the Bible. One of them is good old Paul. Paul had a, some kind of disease. Something was bothering him. Something physically was wrong with him. And he took it to God, and God said, nope, keep it. Took it to God again, and God said, nope, keep it. He took it to God a third time, and God says, no, keep it. Now here's Paul, one who wrote most of the New Testament, having this physical situation, and God says, no, I'm not going to heal it. I'm going to keep it. I want you to keep it. There's a reason that I want you to keep it, Paul. You can't see that. You don't understand that. And you may never understand it. But I know what's best for you, and it's best that you keep it. And Paul said, okay, I'll keep it. I won't ask anymore. I won't question you about it anymore. I'll accept it. I'll keep it. Because you know what's best for me. And you're giving me what you know that I need, whether I know that I need it or not. We don't know about this man with palsy. He doesn't say that he needs his sins forgiven. But God knew what? That he needed his sins forgiven. He needed that more than he needed to walk. Now let me ask you a question. Do you think the man with palsy is sitting there going, Well, man, that's an odd thing. I was hoping I'd get up and get walking and talking and and instead he forgave me of my sins. Huh. It's not what I was thinking about. Not what I was even hoping about. See, we'll be in the middle of a situation and God will give us what he knows we need. The thing is, we as Christians need to look for that answer and not for the answer that we're hoping for. If God, if you're in a situation and God's not changing the situation, then you need to say, okay, God, I know that you have given me what I need. 
Help me to find it so I can get through this situation. See, we we come to him with a perceived idea of this is it's kind of like uh, this is let's just give you a good example. Let's say that you you find yourself in a financial situation and you come to God and you go, God, help me get out of this. I, I need your help. I I'm going under. I can't stand this. And God doesn't. Does it mean he didn't answer your prayer? No. It means that you're there in that situation and God has something better for you than you can anticipate. You say, wait a minute. The money would be a big thing. No, maybe it's the lesson you learn by finding other money. Maybe it's the lesson you learn by sharing with other people. Maybe it's the lesson that God's trying to teach you so you won't find yourself in the same same financial situation later on. He will always give us, always answer our prayer with what he knows we need, not with what we know we want. It's an incredible thing. Even Jesus had this problem. Jesus was about to face the, face the crucifixion. And he came to his father and he said, Father, I don't want to do this. Father said, you're going to do it. He came to him again and said, Father, I really don't want to do this. God said, you're going to do it. Father, I really don't want to do this. I'm doing what's best. You're going to go through it. That's an incredible principle, isn't it? It's a principle that we grow up with. And it confuses our prayers. See, we, we if we want our prayers answered yes, then we need to be praying what God's will is and not what we want. You have a relative. They're lying on their deathbed. And you're praying that, boy, Lord, get them well. Get them back up. Maybe that's not what God wants. Maybe God wants you to pray that their death will be done in peace. Maybe God wants you to pray that you'll have the strength to go through this. Maybe God wants you to pray that the other members of your family can come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because of the death of a loved one. He will give you what you need every time. Problem is in our immaturity we kind of demand things our way, okay? Right now, I'm having some some health issues. Most of y'all know them. And I keep going, man, Lord, it would sure be good if you take care of all these things. God says, Roland, I've got you exactly where I want you, doing exactly what I want to do. Do you trust me to do what's best for you? Oh, see, that's that's the issue, isn't it? What I think is best for me may not be best for me. But I can trust God to do what's best for me, even if I can't see it. There's a truth there. Okay? The other, the other truth is that God is good all the time. Yes or no? Okay, if God's good all the time, and I take him with a prayer, I come to him with a prayer request, then he's going to answer it for the good. I may not, that may not be what I want. I may not understand it. I may have issues with it because it doesn't 
fit my desires or my dreams or my wants or my anticipations. But I can accept the fact that God is good and he's going to do what's best for me regardless of what I'm going through. That's a, that's a tough thing, isn't it? Well, let's, let's be honest about it. That's a tough thing because we have a big, long list of all these things we want him to do. Okay? We can, we can name them. When people say, you got any prayer requests? Oh, yeah. I want this and this and this and this and this and this. And, and, and we, we give them a whole long list of all the things that are going on in our lives. Okay? God has already given you what he knows is best for you. Now, now we come down to the nitty-gritty. Can we accept that even if it's not what we want? <laughs> I'm, stomp I'm stomping on some areas here, aren't I? Because, man, that's hard to accept that God's going to do what's best for me even though it's not what I want. It's what he wants. See, the Bible says, this is, the way, this is the way most Christians think. We read a verse, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and call according to his purpose. And boy, we claim that. We go, man, I'm in a terrible situation and it's going to work out for my best. Wait a minute. It's going to work out for what's best for the glory of God. It's going to work out for what's best that glorifies God and gives and his mercy, and his grace, and his power, and his love. It doesn't mean necessarily it's going to be the best thing for you. It's going to be what's best for God's plan, God's kingdom, and God's glory. Now, but what about me? God loves you. God cares for you. God understands anything that you're going through because he went through it himself. As, as Jesus Christ, he understands, but he also knows the big picture. He also knows the big outcome. He also knows what the end of the product will be. And he's going to do everything that he can to glorify his name through you. See, as a Christian, we ought to look for ways to glorify God and not be so self-centered about ourselves that we can't see what God's doing round about us. I know a lot of people are so focused on, on what, what's happening right here that they can't see the overall big picture of what God's doing. When I find myself in these situations, I turn to God and I say, God, I need you to open my eyes so that I can see the big picture and not be so focused on what on what's right here. Have you ever gone to a museum and they've got this painting that's a 10 foot by 10 foot and you run up to it and you're looking at what you can see right in front of you and you don't see the whole big picture. Okay? You see, this, you see where your eyes are focused and that's all you can see. If you step back 50 feet, 20 feet, you can see the whole big thing and you go, wow, that's a masterpiece. But if you run up and just saw one little section of it, you wouldn't think much about it. When we find ourselves in situations and we're praying about it, 
we need to trust God that he's going to give us what we need for him because he knows. And it may not be what we ask for, but he's looking at the big picture and he sees the whole thing and we don't. Tough. It's a tough principle because what it means is that if I go to God with a prayer request and I don't get the answer I want, I still trust God that he gave me the answer that I needed. Okay? Take Job. Let's take, let's take Job for a minute. He lost his whole entire family. He lost all of his money. He lost all of his finances. He, he had boils all over his body. Okay? You know what Job needed? You know why all that happened to Job? We find out toward the end of the book of Job where Job actually confesses his sins and repents and asks God. And that's when God brought him to that point so that he could be more what God wanted him to be. He went through all of that so he could be more of what God wanted him to be. See, we go through these things and an immature Christian will blame God for it. God, you got me in this situation. It's up to you to get me out. Come on. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But have you ever been in that situation? This car wreck happened because of you, God. You put me in here. You got me sick because of this. You, it, it's your fault, God. You're supposed to be God Almighty, and here I am going through all these crises and all these situations, and it's your fault. No, that's not the way we approach it. We approach it like this. Okay, God, I'm in this situation. I know that you're going to give me what I need. I'm trusting you for that. Whether I see it or not, whether it's what I want or not, I know that you are God and you're going to give me what I need in this situation. Let's go back to the paralytic man. He's laying there on the bed, paralyzed. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemed. They're accusing Jesus of blaspheming. Okay? Here's this paraplegic man looking up, and they get in a debate and an argument on whether whether Jesus is blaspheming or not. Okay? They're arguing about it. They're, they're, they're arguing back and forth about it. Don't you think that paraplegic man is going, hey, hush up! Quiet! I've got something I need done here. Hold it! Wait a minute! What about me? Okay? Don't you think those thoughts are going through his mind? Or do you, you know... And then Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think you evil in your hearts? Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? See, God can be doing something. And we see it as not what we wanted. If we see it as not what we wanted, we're calling it evil. It's not what I wanted. Therefore, it's not any good. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. God doesn't work that way. God has given you what you wanted, what you needed, not what you wanted. And we can't call it evil just because it didn't turn out the way we thought it should. We ought to go, okay, God, <laughs> it's hard for me to do this, but I'm trusting you to take care of it. Now, 
we're going to finish with this paraplegic man here in a minute. Jesus says, verse 5, Whatsoever is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, are to say, Arise and walk. Which one's easier to say? Your sins be forgiven you, or arise and walk. Now the, okay. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up your bed, and go unto thy house. But what I want you to understand, verse 6, that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth. God will put you, God allows these situations to happen. And you're there so that you can see God's power on earth. Stop and think about it. If you never got in a situation, you wouldn't know how good God is. Would you? Yeah, if you'd never gotten yourself into a situation where you needed God, you wouldn't know how good God is. Back to the paraplegic man. I think he was excited that he could walk. But I think also he was excited what? That his sins had been forgiven. Because walking, maybe for another 30 years, 40 years, let's say he lives to be 70. That only lasts till then. His sins being forgiven him lasts for what? Forever. When God answers our prayer, and gives us what we need, there's eternal effect with it. Okay? It's not just a temporary effect. We look at things, and we always want the temporary effect. God's looking at things, and he's looking at the eternal effect. He's looking at the glory. He's looking at how, it's going, how his plan is moving. Did you know that you could find yourself in a situation and without knowing it, other people see that situation and watch you and watch you grow and watch you turn to God and watch you depend upon God and they find their salvation because of the example that you set before them. You're not aware of that. You're just so focused upon this one thing. Um, my dad one time wanted to make a <laughs> well, he wanted to make a model airplane with me. We were going to do a B-27 model plane. Okay? And he wanted to pay attention to all the details. So he pulls out the instructions. And he's over there reading all the instructions. Roland's over here with a bottle of glue. Just gluing it together, sticking it together, slapping it together. Okay? The plane got finished. Not the way it should have been. It probably looked kind of funny. That's because what? I did it on my own, and I wasn't willing to follow the instructions. Following God's instructions, praising God in the middle of our crisis, in the middle of our circumstances, is, 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 is designed for us. We ought to be able to say, Thank you, Lord, for this rough time. Thank you, Lord, for where I'm at. Thank you, Lord, for what's going on in my life. Thank you, Lord, because I know that you've already given me what I need, not what I want. 
<laughs> See, that's where our praise comes from. God has already given me what I need, not what I want. Now, there's some promises in here. Because God is the master and we're the servant, we know that God is always going to give us what we need. He takes care of his servants. But he's not going to give us our, our wish list. But he's going to give us what we need at that time to accomplish his will and not ours. As a master, there are things that you want done. The servant may not want to do them. There's an old story about a, a master, and he had a was known for his beautiful gardens. And he had a servant, and he had the servant fill a bucket of water at the top of the hill. Walk down to the bottom of the hill, fill up another bucket of water in the river, and walk back up the other side of the hill. Servant said, man, I'm tired of this. You have me do this every day. Every day I take his bucket and I fill it up and I walk down the hill. By the time I get to the bottom of the hill, it's empty because it's got holes in it. I fill it back up and I walk back up the hill. Time I get to the top of the hill, it's empty again because it has holes in it. I'm tired of this. Back up and down, back up and down every day. The master said, yes. But have you seen the flowers that you're watering as you walk down the hill? And the flowers you're watering as you walk back up the hill. See, you're focused on the bucket with holes in it. You're not looking at what the water's doing as you go down and back up. Our focus needs to be off of us and what God's doing in our lives, knowing that he answered it for what we need and not what we want. I hope I hope I did a good job of explaining this principle because it's it's really hard for us to comprehend and understand. It, it really is. It's one of those that trips us up because we pray and it doesn't seem to work. And we pray about something and it's still there. And God didn't answer our prayer the way we thought he should. And those kinds of things the enemy uses to start having us doubt who God is. So God didn't answer your prayer the way you thought to, it ought to be answered. Great. He did answer it by what you need, not what you wanted. I definitely, Father, Lord, I just want to praise you this morning for what you're doing in a, this small church. Lord, I want to praise you for what you're doing in my life. Lord, help us to focus upon you and your will and your desires and your plans and not upon ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.